Hi, and welcome to another episode of Word Up. I'm your host, Erin Deedling, and my show is all about healers and healing of all different modalities. And today I'm very, very fortunate to have my guest, Steve Terrell. He's also my teacher, my instructor, and um, a best-selling author of his latest book, Nurturing Resilience, which is all about how he's changing the face of psychology using touch work to heal trauma. And welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Can I ask you a little sure. bit about how, sure. how do you describe when people ask, how are you using touch in psychology? What's that all about? Well, it's really rather simple if you break it down. Um, my belief and my experience has shown me that over the years, uh, by using touch, I'm able to regulate in a nonverbal period of time. Nonverbal is the early developmental period of life. Uh, using touch, the way I use it, I use it in developmental trauma. So when I'm thinking about how it's going to come about, I'm trying to bring people into a window of regulation, a window of tolerance, it's often referred to as. In that window of tolerance, we have a sympathetic response and we have a parasympathetic response, and those are related to threat. And threat can be real or imagined. When you're a, a tiny baby, though, and something happens yeah. unexpectedly, you don't have the same benefits. You can't fight and you can't run. The only place you can go is more into a free state. And So babies handle threat differently than adults. Yes, they do. And in those first six weeks or six to eight weeks, it's really important in the nursery of how they're being interacted with, what's happening with the caregiver. It takes more than just getting their basic needs met, such as feeding or changing their diaper. It's more about, um, I'm gonna change your diaper, I'm gonna feed you, but I'm also gonna use coo language. I'm gonna say, oh, there you are. I'm so glad to see you today. And I'm gonna have a conversation with you. And through that conversation, we're gonna establish a relationship. So gentle voices, yes. low lighting, soft yes. touch, I've got you, that kind of thing. Yes, I'm right here with you. Yeah. You're not alone. And you've spent a lifetime learning about and teaching and now teaching all over the world and writing the book, yes. Nurturing Resilience, about repairing those ruptures that have happened to babies and now adults are working, walking around with those kinds of hurts in them. Yes. There's a, there's a whole movement. We hear a lot of talk and a lot of conversation about presence living in the present moment, be in the present moment. The important part for me that I, I understand is that if we're in the present, yeah. that's great. That means we're not in the future. But everything in the past, our whole life history, right there with us. Okay. We don't sever that's it a great way to, to walk it. into the moment. The moment is all of us right here at this time. And uh, several years ago, um, I was in assisting Kathy Kane in a training in New York, and that's where the work came out of. The book the came out of. In your book. Yes, Kathy Kane and I wrote it together. She's um, a brilliant practitioner. She is. And uh, her whole practice was in touch, and I trained with her. And then I, my whole practice is touch based. And my practice has changed from being your student. And I went from being a talk therapist on the other side of the room, if I'm on this side of the room, I'm safe, and as long as no one in the room is touching, everybody's safe was my old right. way of doing things in this right. idea of working with 
the nervous system and working to regulate the nervous system has completely transformed how I work and who I see and yeah. who calls me up and asks for appointments. Right. What brought you to this kind of work? Well, what brought me to it is understanding uh, my own history of developmental trauma, then taking that trauma and I was working a lot with children in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. In which, Texas. In Texas, mm -hmm. which could not be treated with any sort of touch because there's a lot of regulations around that. And I thought, this isn't working. These kids have been, a, you know, there's been some sort of abuse or some sort of dysregulation since they were in conception. Yeah. From that moment on through utero, there's something going on. And I was started trying to figure out how am I going to reach the nonverbal period? It's not like you and I are going to sit down and have a story and you're going to be able to tell me autobiographically about your trauma that happened when you were two days old or two days after conception. Because they didn't have words. You didn't have words. Uh. And memory, we have implicit and explicit memory. And explicit is much more autobiographical. Mm -hmm. I can tell a story with explicit. I can also tell a story with implicit, but implicit takes little bits and pieces of stories and it brings them together and it creates a story that makes sense to the teller. Okay. So it's not a real story. It's not the same, but it is, a, it's in fact a true story when you're working in developmental trauma that like you're looking for. Like perception is reality? Yes. Ah. You're looking for that um, narrative to change. Mm -hmm. And through touch, um, I was doing a lot of other modalities and then I started doing touch. And I don't just touch and think it's all going to happen. I also bring in some other like structural dissociation, um, reality therapy, uh, didactic developmental psychotherapy, um, EMDR, somatic <laughs> experiencing. I bring all of these other modalities into my work, but I do it all from the table-based treatment. So, and anatomy and physiology. Yes, and anatomy <laughs> and physiology it's to some extreme, but I'm not always the best at anatomy <laughs> and physiology. It's much more um, healing right brain to right brain, yeah. healing the spiritual self, understanding that the spirit, however that spirit showing up in their life, healing the psychological self, healing the physiological self, because we know that trauma lives physiologically in the body. And the body remembers. The body remembers. Even if we don't exactly. positively remember. Yes, we have, we actually have, which is interesting, good good thing to bring up Aaron, mm -hmm. is that we have implicit body memory also and we have you know explicit you know body memory and the implicit body memory is a form of somatic dissociation that can occur and so, so talk can, more about somatic dissociation well how do you mean like i i actually know what that means but yeah. maybe people watching this well, might want to know what that means somatic dissociation is just like dissociation all of us have had the experience of daydreaming. Mm -hmm. Just imagine for a second that we're going to daydream. We're going to look at these beautiful trees today here in Illinois and how the wind's turning back the leaves. And the next thing you know, I'm floating off and I'm going down the road and maybe I'm flowing, flying a kite. Maybe I'm just feeling the breeze against my skin and I begin to dissociate. Mm -hmm. When you think about that, the body does the same thing. The body can hold the memory, but sometimes there's so many memories to hold or there's a certain amount of cortisol flush that's coming through the system. The body will dissociate and it'll start imagining things. It creates things that make sense. It it'll creates, create its own narrative. Yeah, the body has its own narrative completely. So we, we're working in all of those when we're working in touch. 
because so, we're working on a core issue yeah. of regulation. Interesting. So yes. the body actually has the truer, truer story? Always. The oh. body always has the most true and, and accurate story, um, comparatively speaking, because mm. you as an adult, the only thing you know from conception till, you know, you started having your first memory, and a lot of people don't even remember till they're four or five, first day of school, somewhere mm -hmm. a little bit older, but that's a big block of time that we don't remember. And so our narrative is going to be based on hearsay. Yeah. What someone told us happened to us. That's hearsay. And that's where our story comes from. But the body isn't hearsay. The body's holding on to the actual experience. So when you have someone working on your, your that you're working with on your therapy table, right. and they're telling you all kinds of interesting details and what to them are facts and say their kidney would have a totally different story you're actually validating both both because Always you don't want to make both. the person wrong yeah i i started um oh quite a while back i started with the concept of agreement therapy and oh. when i use agreement therapy it's about teaching parents teaching adults and relationship teaching therapists don't argue when you argue or you disagree with the statement that's being said, you immediately bring activation. The resistance brings on activation in the other person, increases their sympathetic arousal, oftentimes taking them further away um, from their window of tolerance. And we know from studies and research, such as Bruce Perry's work and others, the higher the activation, the lower the IQ. Your normal IQ begins to drop the more activated you are. So I teach parents to go to agreement, couples, adults, therapists, into agreement therapy. Agreement therapy is whatever you say, I'm gonna agree with you. If you say, you know, you have four ears and 12 toes, I'm gonna to say, oh, you think I have four ears and 12 toes. And that's, I'm just learning how to agree with my clients yes. on the table. Well, it's a big deal for therapists because believe it or not, I know this is gonna be hard to imagine, but no matter what modality, whether they're massage therapists, psychotherapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, doesn't matter. Body workers, there's a sense of being right. We want to be so right. And understanding that us being right is never right for the, for the client. Me being right never is going to cure or help or heal a client. And I've moved into a belief of healing, mm -hmm. the healing sciences, understanding that the body was created perfect. Mm -hmm. There aren't any I mistakes here. Mm -hmm. And if I trust that belief, then I trust that if I bring you into accurate regulation, precise regulation where your body is able to regulate like a fine-tuned machine, your body's regulating, then your body has the opportunity to heal any sort of illness, mm -hmm. any sort of psychological ruptures in your, your you know, relationship ruptures. Um, for many of my clients, they don't even have friends. After we, when I first start working with them, and then we start working and we build up this capacity and they move to even though. And even though says, even though I'm really anxious today, or I feel this way, I can still stand here. I can still say hello to someone. I can still do something. So they go into more of a self uh, regulation with a, a sense of awareness mm -hmm. about it. 
and it gives them a newfound freedom. They can move out of this one place and all of a sudden this place has shut down and they move over and they're in this place where they're going, wow, I really understand now how to make relationship. I understand how to be friends. I understand that it's not always about me. In order for you to be my friend, you don't even have to agree with me. Really? <laughs> I can disagree with you and be your friend too. Yeah, because that's, you can have a whole other set of beliefs. They don't have to be mine. But when I'm caught in that limited number of uh, window of tolerance, yeah, the window of tolerance is really small. It creates an isolation for me. But it, the window of tolerance doesn't allow me the capacity to imagine another person has views because when we're working in developmental trauma, your sense of perception and your sense of imagination are both narrowed dramatically. So you may not have the perception or the imagination to be in a friendship or a relationship. I can't have a lover. I don't know how to have a lover if I don't know how to imagine what it would be like. There so would you need be no imagination yeah. and perception. And perception. Yes, to be in so, a relationship. Yeah. So you work with some really, I, I would imagine some um, individuals that that have struggled through life in a big way. I work with people that are oftentimes diagnosed with schizophrenia or Asperger's or on the spectrum of autism, um, all sorts of psychological diagnoses. Lots of personality disorder. I also, of. we bring in medical diagnoses. Mm -hmm. I work with people with Lyme's disease. I yeah. work with people that have um, irritable bowel, um, some of the autoimmunes coming in. So there's, there's lots of areas that just bringing you into regulation is going to help and is going to bring the body into a place of finding its own health. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. If I give you all the tools you need in your body, your body's going to find its own health. It's going to go, oh, there I am. I'm healthier now. So you bring the body into re regulation. You bring the nervous system into regulation and things start to fall yes. into place. There are no claims of cures and all that kind of thing. But the body yes. just knows what to do once it's given what it exactly. needs. Exactly. Exactly. And it works. You know, it doesn't work 100%. Nothing works 100%. Mm -hmm. But it is... Um, a large percentage of the population, especially the nonverbal trauma population, it is having an effect. So the really young people that had trauma yeah. or neglect at a very young age. In the nonverbal non period. So yeah. if, if somebody comes to see me and I say, what's your first memory? And they say, third grade. I go, okay, in the third grade, you're nine years old. Mm -hmm. So you had nine years of nonverbal. Wow. Isn't that amazing? We think about babies and we know that the body is born with just the right brain. Basically, it's more creative and uh, connective. And then the left brain around two to three years of age comes on, which is much more analytical. If you missed all of that up to the age of nine, that's a huge period of yeah. developmental trauma. Oh, yeah. And we would have to category it all. That's why it's a fluctuating age. It's about what time period the client represents, oh, well, I don't remember before this. And we go, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Well, then that's the cutoff period. So you're kind of meeting them at their emotional age. Uh, sometimes, but usually what I find is that there isn't an emotional age at that point. They're, they have this adult age, of course, 
But they're going to regress all the way back to the moment of the trauma. Mm -hmm. So I might have a 30-year-old male uh, bodybuilder, all masculine, on my table who might regress back to um, a two-month-old baby. Yeah, and that's where that's where you really shine. Yeah, we come in to repair those The skills really shine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it, it occurred to me early on when we first started talking that um, people might be wondering, well, what's the touch? What, where, where, what is, where are you touching? What, well, what the, does that involve? Good question, Erin. The unique Especially part of psychological people that are like, what? Yes. Touch and psychotherapy? Yes. What? Well, <laughs> just to clear their minds, have them contact their state boards. And their malpractice. My, I thought, oh, I'm going to be on the, my malpractice intern said, as long as you have training in this area, you mm-hmm. can do it. Right. And that's Still been true almost every state mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a few that are more complicated. Um, touch is not manipulative. So if you think about massage, that's manipulative. Okay. I'm changing something physically by pressure and change. The touch I'm talking about is some very specific locations or areas of the body, including kidney adrenals. So tell a little bit more. What, when you say kidney adrenal, would that be just like putting your right hand right here? there on the back, yeah. right below the rib cage? You're going to put a hand there and hold the intention. The work is much more about the intention you're mm-hmm. holding than the actual work. The touch mm-hmm. is repairing the lack of touch that the client may have re, uh, experienced early on, and that touch itself, when you touch another person, there's tons of studies. It tells us people in ICU get better when people come in and touch mm-hmm. them. All of these Babies things that happen. Get rocked. Babies that get rocked get better. Yes. So the same thing, we're just replicating. So your, your table that you're using becomes a crib mm-hmm. of sorts. And in that crib, no matter how big they are or how small is a baby, and you're just working on that repair, bring in the regulation, and then you bring in um, the repair, the, the, you know, the, the repair by conversation. You might, I'm really sorry I wasn't there, or I'm sorry you were all alone. Or you begin to apologize. You make You become apologies. a professional apologizer yes. in many ways yes. to that little baby inside of the grown-up who has yes. managed to get through life. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so the kidney and adrenals are part of uh, what you've called and um, what a lot of uh, people in the neurobiological community would call the HPA axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal that are like three musketeers of nervous system regulation. They're the, the, we're looking at that, the hypothalamus, you know, that's coming in as the master controller. It's sending the message, the the amygdala, the hippocampus is saying, wait, we're danger, danger. And these messages go over, and when that happens, when it hits the HPA access, whether it's real or false, the body goes into alert. Cortisol is produced, adrenaline's going so I can run, or my skin will go numb so I'm not going to feel mm-hmm. the stickers in the brush as I'm running through the field. All of that's coming on, enough to knock out an elephant almost. I mean, there's a lot of production happening all at once. Our guts shut down. Natural chemicals that the body makes yes. to protect from yes. Yes. shock and trauma. Exactly. And- well, yes. Yeah. Not as much from trauma. It's more about the escape. Ah. 
the escape. So it's the, all about survival and escape. So the flight piece. Yes. Yeah. Yes, or the freeze piece. Ah. Yeah. Fight, flight, freeze, collapse, yes. all that good all stuff. All those fun things. <laughs> yeah. A good Saturday evening. <laughs> so uh, what, um, what are some of, if, I don't know if you can talk about this in generalities, but some of your most favorite cases uh, of, when, when you've seen someone come in in one way and maybe one you know, you've be, discharged them a whole other way? Yeah, one would be a little girl that I worked with who came in. Um, I think she was eight months, nine months. So uh, she wasn't little. able to sit. Yeah. So we you work with little kids. I work and you with work infants with... all the way to death. You can be 100 years old and I'll see you. And you, you've said uh, one of my favorite quotes. I have many from you. Uh, but one is, uh, I work all with babies. I work with babies, you know, yes. <laughs> one day old up until, you know, over yes. 100. Yes. <laughs> Wherever they fall, they're still a baby to me. And, uh, yeah, so a little girl I worked with, she wasn't able to walk. They didn't give her any, there was no prognosis. She's now walking and attending school. Um, I've worked with emotional problems as far as uh, kids and adults to, that are di diagnosed with Asperger's being told they're not going to have relationships that are now in relationships. Wow. I've worked with moms who uh, couldn't get pregnant who are now mm -hmm. have birth children. I've worked a topic. lot with adoptions, bringing a relationship between parent-child relationships uh, by, by regulation work and you've worked with some of the most heartbreaking cases in texas you work a lot yes. with uh the, the state with, i um, used to work a lot with state i had a state contract like at this point i don't work as they with, say yes i yeah. don't work with that population all my population is private right now mm -hmm. the majority of them are adopted um adults adults are children they all have developmental trauma I see. Yeah, yeah. They have, that's the criteria to get into my office. You have to have developmental trauma. Which is different in some ways than just, yes. you know, garden variety shock trauma, not, yes. to, not to make small of that. No, there, it's very important. Shock trauma can, is very damaging, but, you know, shock trauma being an incident that happened that you remember as an adult. But with developmental trauma, there's not really a memory or a recall mm -hmm. in the same way. You might have a physical recall. Flashbacks, if we were going to go to post-traumatic stress disorder, the flashbacks of developmental trauma are aches and pains. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a little different. And, well, I, do you mind talking a little bit about how you brought this information home to your boys? Well, I, sure. Uh, I have two sons. Um, they are both amazing. One is in college and one is in high school. And... I use it all the time. I use touch with them. I we've done table work with you know they. So they get on your therapy they table. They know. They know everything that's happening. Yes, they have been in the process. Um, I approach it from agreement therapy. Their lives, um, and so far things are going really well. That it's um, like I said, I have one in college, and that when I adopted him was told that he would never read, never write that oh, wow. he was deaf, a lot of different things. And he he's talks thriving. all the time and he's thriving, <laughs> so yeah. 
So it's not just how some people are really good in their office or their profession. They come home and kind of forget what they know. No, it's, I, you're living it. You're living I, your message. You're living your healing. To the best I can. You know, there are <laughs> nights that I get home from the office and I get on my couch and I fall asleep. So I'm just like everybody else. That you're a way. human being? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I know it's hard. It's hard for me sometimes, but yeah. And you're teaching all over the world. Yes. Any favorite locations? I know when you go to Japan, I it's love rockstar Japan. treatment. Yeah, I love Japan. Limo, magazines, cameras. It's fun in Japan. Yeah. I like Canada. Canada is also very welcoming, very loving, very kind. I'm leaving on next, on this coming Saturday, today's Sunday. I leave Saturday for Ireland. It'll be my first time in Ireland. Really? And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Transforming the uh, transforming the experience-based brain. TEB. TEB is a training, a somatic approach, touch approach to uh, developmental trauma, to the recovery of developmental trauma. And I've developed that program out of my work. Is that your first, is that like your entry-level program? Uh, I don't know if it's an entry-level program, but it could be considered. It's open to practitioners of the healing arts. It's open to psychiatrists, psychologists, you know, speech pathologists, speech pathologists acupuncturists, yoga therapists, uh, body workers, Bunch spiritual healings. There's, it could go on and on and on. As long as somebody's working with trauma in a healing art, then this program, they can get into it. Um, it is, some people have asked, is it a STEP program? Originally, it started out that way, but it has grown a body of its own, and it's mm -hmm. now it's really a freestanding program of its own. And by looking at it from that standpoint, uh, I don't think it's a step anymore. It does move you on to towards um, the requirements for somatic resilience regulation, which the book is completely based on somatic resilience regulation, and uh, that I teach with Kathy Kane, but transforming the experience-based brain it is just a strong program all alone it's something that it you is, could yeah. actually attend a module and go using mm -hmm. um, usually it's done in three five-day modules spread out over several months or it might be in uh, four four-day modules depending on where it is and we have salon size where there's only 12 students in a class all the way up to 40 students so there's some variants in there and uh, we have programs starting um, all over the place there's, there's one there's coming starting. up in um, I've, I've been trying to bring some kind of trauma format to New Orleans and you have been so generous and so enthusiastic yes. about coming to New Orleans so yes. you're going to be bringing the trauma experience brain to New Orleans in 2019 yes. um, and if people want more information about that, they can go to your website, which is austinattached.com, www. A-U-S-T-I-N-A-T-T-A-C-H.com, because I get confused sometimes on the T-T. And you can see all the upcoming trainings that Steve has all over the country and all yes. over the world. And um, the, people can call your office. I think you've got about a year or two waiting list they to get into Steve office, personally. You know, there's life is interesting they can call my life call my life call my <laughs> office which, you know 512-206-0260 and i'll probably talk to my assistant heather and we'll see if Heather's we can help great. them 
And if I can't help them, there may be another person, a trained or someone else that I'll refer them on to. And some of your students and assistants and coordinators have developed a list. So if you're in some part of the country or the world and you want a practitioner yes. uh, to, to work with you, um, then there are ways to find someone who did, does That's this kind correct. of work. That is correct. It's available exactly. to you. And exactly. they could even contact me, and I could get you in touch with that'd be wonderful <laughs> with Heather or with with that. someone in your area, and yes. I can put you in touch with the people. So if you're seeking this kind of work, or if you're seeking training in this kind of work, you have said it will change your practice. And it I'm seeing change. more and more individuals who have baby traumas, who have very specific medical things, or um, I don't want to get too much into the specifics, right. but um, that there are really catastrophic things that may have happened. Uh, in babyhood and they've gotten through and had some care uh, but it's the, the ability to know where to go and how to help and how to be present and how to listen and how to agree yes. while also having this yes. vibrational conversation all. with the organs it's been yes. just it's changed my life it's changed my business thank it's you. changed my practice I'm grateful for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for teaching this and bringing Thank this. Thank you for having me here today. You're changing the face of psychology and psychotherapy and the healing arts. And if you want to learn more about Steve Terrell and his work, go to www.austinattach.com. He also has a best-selling book. Uh, it's my, I, this is my autographed copy, <laughs> Nurturing Resilience by Kathy Kane and Steve Terrell with a foreword by a fellow named Peter Levine. And uh, anything else you want to leave us with? I think we've done it. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me Thank you so much today. for being on Word Up, and uh, we'll see you it. next time. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. <laughs>